I V M. Helping us pay our bills this week is Paytm Money. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, I speak with Amit Moore, the founder of Finzi. Yes, folks, this is going to be the peer-to-peer lending special, P2P lending special. We are going to talk about a lot of stuff. What is P2P lending? What do you do if you're a borrower? What do you do if you're a lender? The future of P2P lending and, and a whole lot of other topics. You don't want to miss this. So stay tuned for that. Well, I just tried out the Paytm Money app. They've got this really funky feature where they they call it investment packs, okay? And these are a set of mutual funds that they choose for you. Their experts at Paytm Money actually choose this for you depending on your risk profile. So I think that's something interesting. You know, you want to try that out. Uh, it's pretty good advice from them, and it's called investment packs. It's there in their app. And if you want to download the app, of course, the Paytm Money app is is available on the Android Play Store and the Apple. Uh, app store you know you really should check it out kyunki ab mutual fund ke liye bhi paytm karo folks welcome to paisa paisa i am your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter and today's topic is totally funky right because i haven't looked at this at all it's something new it's something that i've that i've always been interested in and i had no idea of peer to peer lending okay peer to peer is p2p as uh, as some of you would know I've always wanted to have someone to talk about this topic because it's so interesting. It's it's also very new, and finally, I managed to get someone on the show. My guest is Amit Moore, founder of Finzi, a P2P lending platform. Amit, welcome to Pesa Pesa. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and for telling our listeners all about P2P lending. Let's start with an intro to yourself, something about your background, work experience, and how you started this very funky-sounding startup. <laughs> Many thanks, Anupam. First of all, thank you for having me and Finzi here. So, by background, uh, I'm a finance professional for around 17 odd years. Worked across uh, banks, investment banks, NBFCs. um and all throughout i have worked on the wholesale banking side structured products uh, derivatives convertible bonds uh, exotic stuff and uh, uh it always intrigued me as finance professionals how complicated we have made these financial products to be some of your products sounded really complicated <laughs> and exotic yeah so so that is the world that i came from and kind of wanted to build something on my own and uh, wanted to solve a real problem and somehow i identified that financial assets in a way the penetration and proliferation of financial assets in this country is fairly limited uh, we understand the power of financial products and the multiplier effect that it can bring to the general growth in the economy and and somehow we felt that that is not happening in india uh, we know uh, the ownership of physical assets versus financial assets is completely skewed towards physical assets and possibly that's because the financial products themselves are very complicated um and uh, the finzi stands for finance is easy mm. and we said that hey borrowing and lending experience in this country is not the best right now and especially for an unsecured borrower it becomes all the more complicated so why not attempt this piece solve something for the borrower where he can get easy and convenient credit for lenders something which is a fixed income return a regular return and which is much better than any fixed deposit or recurring deposit so that was the very rational to start finzi it was all facilitated by rbi coming up with a discussion paper on this in april 2016 and that triggered the thought to uh, begin the research in uh, this area uh, got the team along got some funding going and uh, here we are a uh, 125 member team now mm. um, one of the most trusted brand in the country on peer to peer lending possibly wow. alternate finance side wow you say financial products you know the first thing that i think of as someone who's not from from the industry is mutual fund fixed deposit shares debentures and all that to my mind you know i can't think of a loan that i give to someone as a financial asset but you're right that is a financial asset in the end what is peer to peer lending let's just try to understand this concept okay uh, from a global perspective from an indian perspective i know that giving a loan is as old as probably history or whatever it is but peer to peer lending tell us about that bank on anupam i think uh, what you are pointed out is very right equities mutual funds fixed deposits everything came in much later lending has been around for for centuries or possibly as long as humankind has been known uh, as long as money has been there we it got 
colored in a different kind of negative connotation because of the 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 movies that we saw <laughs> through 50s and 60s but essentially it's it's kind of it has a social angle to it right it is not only investing but it has an element of social angle so peer to peer lending as such is basically lending and borrowing between two individuals who can be associated who might not know each other what is peer to peer lending in current avatar it's a digital platform where it's you can call it a digital marketplace where the borrowers come in the lenders come in we verify the credentials of borrowers the risk analysis that we do of the borrowers we verify their existence for same thing for the lenders and we try to match the aspirations and the the risk appetite of the lenders and borrowers that is essentially what we do we are a platform to match the lenders and borrowers and not only matching beyond that to take care of the entire life cycle of an exposure so our job doesn't end when i connect a lender to a borrower it actually starts there depending upon the tenure of the loan which our case is 36 months is a standard tenure we manage the emi collection electronically every month from the borrower's account for 36 months we manage the documentation if the loan gets delayed from the borrower's perspective we take care of the collections and the recovery as well but this product in itself it's unsecured in nature the way rbi has regulated it so it has inherent risks so somebody needs to understand the risks involved and what we do to kind of diversify and manage the risk very uberish feel right it's like uh, you know i am someone who wants a cab and there are 10 cabs out there so that technology plays a big role in this huge role huge role without technology this is kind of uh, this can never achieve scale right now we have lenders so let's kind of understand what rbi says on this so one rbi requires the lenders and borrowers to lend and borrow each other with diversification okay rbi says that one lender cannot have an exposure of more than 50000 to a particular borrower so rbi also says that one lender cannot lend more than 10 lakh rupees across all the peer to peer lending platforms in this country mm, interesting so that way rbi is trying to control because the industry itself is nascent right now and rbi wants to manage the exposure of people now thereby what rbi is trying to do is to control the amount of credit that flows through this platforms so uh, our job is essentially to match the lender and borrower okay and at the end of the day to ensure that the money gets diversified is where the technology comes in okay so we have a borrower of 5 lakh rupees who has received money from 131 different lenders wow we have a 10 lakh lender who has lent to 335 different borrowers Whoa. so that is the kind of diversification which without technology is not possible hey, so you 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 mentioned rbi right i want to understand this what stops me okay from from starting my own business of lending to people okay so that's the first thing is there an unregulated part to p2p lending okay and if you have any views on that and second is how important or how you know how effective is rbi in this industry so um, rbi came up with a discussion paper in april 2016 which was followed by a master direction on peer to peer lending in october 2017 prior to that it was always a question mark whether this is uh, this will fall under the state money lenders act or whether it's allowed not allowed and there were a lot of question marks around it but rbi kind of came with the master direction in october 2017 and said any platform which wants to operate as a peer to peer lending platform has to necessarily get an nbfc license oh okay so uh, without nbfc license you cannot operate in this industry oh and that made a lot of uh, that brought a lot of structure and sanity in the industry as you rightly said that if i were simply to connect a borrower to a lender and forget about it then possibly uh, there will be kind of uh, misgivings in case sure. uh, kind of the loans are not serviced properly and there is a reason what rbi did rbi brought in uh, regulations around like the who can be the director and the management of the company so there is something called fit and proper criteria there is the net own funds requirement that rbi has put in the secrecy and the privacy of the customers the fair value uh, and fair practices code that has wow. been brought the data privacy 
which applies to an NBFC with a balance sheet size of 500 crore and above hmm. applies to us as a startup. Whoa, okay. So RBI tried to kind of bring a lot of standardization in this entire industry and through that it has tried to build trust within this industry. Right. Okay. And which is the main ingredient in a business like this. So for all practical purposes you're actually an, an NBFC. We are an NBFC. Okay, that's that you know that should instill a lot of confidence for anyone who's coming on on the platform on both sides uh, exactly. of the table. Exactly. Let's get into that, right? Let's just understand this from both sides of the table. I'm a borrower. What kind of borrowers do I get? Like I I bought an iPhone that costs 1 lakh. Can I come on to your <laughs> I don't know if people uh, you know borrow money for that, but I know that there are some credit cards out I mean that there are some offers on that. So let's just understand this on the borrower's perspective. A what kind of borrowers do you normally see? B what is the process for them coming online and stuff like ticket size or anything just that so, uh, um different platforms have their own different positioning some uh, prefer small granular loans um some do payday loans like if you are falling short on the salary like on by 20th of the month you go and borrow and kind of repay it by 7th or 10th of the coming month uh some do consumer durables some do aspirational loans a lot of people do different types of loans one thing that the central banker has done is that it has said that only unsecured loans are allowed through these platforms so that value of security never comes into question so unsecured by me by un, unsecured you mean that i can't uh, say ask for money for a house because uh, i would then you, you know, can ask money for the house right. but you cannot take the security of the house understood okay so you can the end most of the personal loans though there is a reason behind it but it can be at the end agnostic because you cannot check the flow of money got it okay so so uh what we do uh we kind of have um a very very different approach in sourcing our borrowers we have a direct sales team we have channel tie-ups and we do source a few through digital marketing as well a typical borrower will be anyone who wants kind of uh, to tide over a cash mismatch sure wants to consolidate debt want to buy an asset want to uh, tide over a medical crisis want to um, kind of uh, get financing for the down payment of an asset mm. so uh, the reasons can be varied and we have seen people borrow across spectrum so um, if peer to peer lending brings to you uh, the concept of organized money lenders uh, it's very different to that oh okay our best rate starts at 10.99% which is possibly the best that a bank offers uh, as personal loan uh, rate hmm. it goes all the way up to 21.99% okay the average return or the average rate which a borrower is paying across the spectrum at finzi is around 16 odd percent hmm. and uh, we do not skim anything okay what a borrower pays is what a lender gets hmm. so there is no uh, i take 15% from one person and give 13% to another so uh, that ways the product itself is fairly simple and transparent what a borrower pays is what a lender gets okay a typical profile so we have uh, almost uh, 80% of our borrowers are salaried 20% are self employed the average age of a borrower is around 34 years average ticket size is around 2 lakh plus whoa that's a nice number yes so we we again as i said different platforms have sure, their own sure. benchmarks yeah, yeah. we do not allow any loan below 50000 rupees and maximum amount that you can borrow is 5 lakh okay we allow only one tenure which is 36 months but it's an up to 36 month product if you want you can pay back in one month two month three month there is no prepayment charge there is no part prepayment charge there is no foreclosure charge so there are no charges uh, around that fascinating stuff amit right i mean the one question that has to come up to me is how do you assess borrowers they are all different how do you trust them is there a filter is there a credit score is there profiling is there just how how do you uh, rank them or assess them that's that's a good question anupam actually uh, the entire crux of this business lie in verification and assessment of borrowers um, from the outset the day one of this business uh, we were very clear if you build a product in the right way then lenders or paucity of lenders will never be a concern it's only about finding right borrowers with right in quotations there are borrowers which you will find 
possibly you tell that you are doling out money and there'll be queue out there. Yeah. Uh, but how do you ensure that these are the right borrowers? Uh, so there is a complete process around it. One, it starts from sourcing. Okay. So we, where we, how do we source the customers? Is it only via digital marketing? Is it only via channels? Is it only via direct sales team? Ours is a combination with 90% of sourcing happening from direct sales and the channel partners we have. Then comes the verification. What kind of documents that you take? as proof of in, uh, identity, proof of address, the income documents, how do you verify these documents? So, uh, for, as an example, we do not take any document which we cannot independently verify against a, a central government or a state government database. So, if we take a driving license, we will verify with an independent database whether the driving license actually belongs to the person or it is a forged document. The same applies for PAN, the same applies for state electricity bills or a LPG bill, a voter ID card. Each and every document that you take is independently verified against a database. Documents that we cannot verify, for example, rental agreement, mm. we do not take it as a proof. That brings in a lot of sanity. When we are assessing income documents, so for example, if somebody is a, is a salaried person, whether his salary slip, the exact amount reflects into his bank account statement or not. And if it's reflecting, is his Form 16 aligned to that or not? Is he filing ITR or not? Is he part of EPFO or not? All of these things try to triangulate information which is gathered from the dependent, that is a borrower himself, and independent sources. When you do this analysis, you find that there is a pattern of whether the customer is uh, kind of uh, is on the right path or he's deviating from the right path. We take the Sybil's course, we have a conversation with the borrower, trying to understand what he has disclosed, whether what he's disclosed is correct or not, the reasons for the deviations, and then we go to what we call is our secret sauce, which is our credit algorithm. Wow, okay. There are 130 different parameters hmm. on which we test a borrower. Wow. And depending upon the score that comes out of that algorithm, you risk rate a borrower. So when I told you that we lent at 10.99 and also at 21.99, sure. different rate of interest comes out of the different risk rating. So what we follow is risk-based pricing. So if a loan is riskier relative to another loan, that loan will attract a higher rate of interest. And then the borrower, after all of this is done, is sanctioned a loan which he needs to accept. And once he accepts the loan, the loan gets listed onto the platform. Ah. For all the lenders who are interested in that particular loan to view it. So sure. imagine it's like a, a cart uh, where you uh, can add small pieces of, say, grocery or, or clothing. Sure. You invest, a lender who wants to invest money will come and pick small pieces of a loan. Minimum that you can invest in a loan is 1,000 rupees. Sure. Maximum that you can invest is 50,000. And that is how you make your cut. Yeah. We'll get into that part. So, this process sounds damn technical, damn complex, and you talk about finance being easy. On an average, how much time would it take for a borrower to, uh, you know, apply for a loan and finally get the loan from Finzi? So, on a happy path, if all the documents are in place, will take approximately 180 minutes of working out. Oh, okay. Uh, working time to kind of verify, analyze, and sanction a loan. Hmm. Normally, it doesn't happen in 180 minutes because the customer is not available for conversation or a document is missing. Then it might take a little longer. But if everything is in place, then it takes end-to-end -end around 180 minutes too. And our objective is to crunch this time. Anupam, you might find this uh, intriguing, hmm. but we have this uh, vision in the company that we will reach possibly in three years time a point where from the first time a person submits a loan application to funding should not take more than 30 seconds wow. any wow. time That's... of the day any time of the year wow. uh, it, it it's going to happen in 30 seconds yeah i was going to ask you that right because i see a lot of banks banks that is now advertising that auto loan approved in one minute and this and that's so obvious and they're a bank so they've got 10 times more data than you yes. they've got processes that are much better than you they've got information that's obviously much cheaper than yours so i was just wondering you know that um so yeah i mean 30 seconds sounds like fantastic i hope that it happens for you one day Folks, on that note, we're going to take a break. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about the lender's perspective, right? So stay tuned for that. Don't go anywhere. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you are not following us on social media, please make sure that you do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So we have something really exciting in store for Star Wars fans. After a successful first edition of the Geek Fruit Cantina, we're back with another. Come celebrate Star Wars Day with us. That's May the 4th with Geek Fruit at the Cuckoo Cafe in Bandra. That's in Mumbai. We have a super fun evening planned with a live podcast featuring special guests, Star Wars merchandise up for grabs, Dinkers games, along with Star Wars themed food and cocktails. You don't want to miss this. This week on The Scene and the Unseen, Amit Burma's guest is economist and researcher Ajay Shah. The two of them talk about zombie firms and banks artificially kept alive by taxpayers. They also take a look at the recent collapse of jet airways. On the second episode of the Ronnie Skruwala podcast, Dreaming With Your Eyes Open, Ronnie Skruwala talks to me about the importance of failure, how age shouldn't be a deterrent for entrepreneurship, and setting the right expectations for your venture. On IVM Likes, Janam, Avinit, and Madhuri discuss the gut-wrenching Netflix original series, Delhi Crime. On Shunya One, Sheila and I are joined by Gaurav Jalan, founder and CEO of M-Pocket. We talk about the current tech scenario in Kolkata and also get into the technicalities of M-Pocket. On Advertising is Dead, Varun talks to Advait Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Supari Studios, about branded and purpose-driven content. On the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Siddharth Deshmukh, who shares his experience at MICA, both as a student and as a media professor. He talks about liberal education. In Echoes of India, Anirudh explains how brilliant political and religious innovations in 5th century India led to a spurt of temple building. On Croc Tales last week, Anand Sivakumara reveals the last part of his tale Psycho Girlfriend and begins another multi-part story on Anita's Toothache. And with that, let's move on with your shows. And we are back. Folks, this is Pesa Vesa, the P2P lending special with Amit Mora Finzi. In this segment of the show, we are going to talk about what it is for a lender to give money on a P2P lending platform and what's the default rate? Yes, I know a lot of you are wondering, how much default karta hai? Because all of us know what NPLs are. Amit, Let's get into this. I'm an investor. I've got whatever five lakhs, ten lakhs. What's so? What's the process for me to? Uh, I don't know. Get onboarded onto your platform, and how's the process after that? What is there an offer for me? What kind of interest rates I should look at? Let's get into that. Sure, sure, Anupam. Before we get into how sure. can we become a lender? What's in it for a lender? Let's take a step back to understand uh, where the entire financial instruments and financial markets are moving towards. The banks and uh, kind of the most of the credit companies in the world, across the world, they are moving towards retail assets, right? As an individual in India, when I want to invest in a retail asset, I practically do not have an option. Retail asset means someone, a consumer who wants a loan. Could be a credit card loan, could be a car loan, could be a home loan. Okay, just <laughs> just defining what a retail asset is. So retail listeners. asset means uh, any asset which is lent out to an individual, not to a corporate, not to a medium-sized corporate, large-sized corporate, but an individual, which is the carries the power of demographic and which country like India is like well enriched with. So a bank wants to increases exposure to kind of retail asset book and NBFC wants to do it. But when you as an individual invest, you invest, I'm talking about financial assets. When you invest in fixed deposit or recurring deposit, you are giving credit to a bank, which is a corporate. When you trade in equity or buy equity for investment purposes, you are investing into a corporate. Yeah. When you invest in mutual fund, which in turn invests into equity. Same thing. Or invests into a debenture, which is again credit to a corporate. When you invest in uh, NCD, again, it's credit to a corporate. As a retail individual investor, you do not have access to the most coveted asset class, which is retail assets. And this is what peer-to-peer lending does. It gives you direct access as a retail investor to a retail asset. Okay. Now, obviously... Going back to your question, who can be a lender? Anyone can be a lender. I like the fact that you're using investor and not lender. Okay, (laughs) that's really interesting, right? Because this is a loan, it's not an investment, but I like that fact, right? Because there's risk out there. Yes, please. So, uh, anyone can become an investor as long as he is uh, kind of capable of entering into a contract. There is no regulation around what should be the minimum amount, but the maximum amount is capped at 10 lakh rupees. At Finzi, we have kept the minimum amount of investment as 50,000 rupees, not 5,000, not 10,000, because we want people who invest in this to understand or make an effort to understand the risks involved into this. Okay, A person who wants to invest comes onto the platform. We are a paperless company. There is no paper involved anywhere. Comes and applies for an investment onto the platform provides his KYC documents, made some declarations and kind of you are good to go. There is a fund and transfer mechanism that RBI has put in place 
where none of the lenders and borrowers money is in control of the platform itself there is an escrow bank and there is a trustee which manages the manages the escrow account the money goes to the escrow bank and once the money is credited to you wallet then you can see the loan listings which we spoke about and once somebody sees he has an option to invest as low as 1000 rupees now this is what we call fill it shut it and forget it you invest once and you just kind of forget about it you can monitor your performance through the dashboard you receive periodic emails and sms's about what's going on in your portfolio but essentially from that point onwards you start receiving your money back okay i just have one question so do i need to pay the entire upfront uh, do i need to pay the 50000 to you upfront and then you know like you said it goes into an escrow or how does that work so we kind of debated about the process on this anupam and we found that once your commitments are given to a borrower then chasing a lender to fund might prove to be too challenging uh. so the money comes to an escrow first and then only you're allowed to commit to a borrower right so that's what i meant i mean uh, men because you you spoke about how a third party or an escrow or a trustee is involved in the entire process so basically we cannot touch that money uh, uh. we cannot invest that money we are not signatory to that account right so, so but, we, but i have to pay it up front you have to pay it up front and you invest so a lot of our people start with 50000 rupees right and possibly in a couple of months in 3 months they become comfortable and we have hundreds of people who started 50000 have taken it up to 10 lakhs okay okay okay, okay. now since maximum amount is 50000 you have to invest 10 lakhs across 20 loans hmm. okay you are not allowed to invest into one loan or two loans or five loans the money necessarily needs to be split across loans and across rating grades okay thereby it ensures that your risk is managed and you get some decent return as well okay so now so the, the so once i give you the 50000 then i can take my own sweet time and figure out who i want to lend to yes. and i can do it like 10000 to 5 people is that fine you can do 1000 to 50 people also oh okay and uh, uh, on your dashboard since i have not seen it um, how do you rate people do you have a star system do you have the credit scores how we do have, you we have we have the rating so when we were talking about the borrowers we referred about risk rating so we have something called a1 to a6 and b1 to b6 and c1 to c6 a1 is relatively the safest and b6 being relatively risky hmm. we have never done a c category loan hmm. and each rating grade is differentiated by one percentage point rate of interest okay a1 is a 10.99 a2 is at 11.99 and so on and so forth that risk rating defines the risk involved in particular loan and linked to that is the rate of interest also okay and you as an investor are given an informed choice to make your own investment sure this is a discretionary product this is not non discretionary i cannot invest on your behalf you have to make your own choices i can suggest a portfolio to you but you have to make your own choice whether you want to invest in it or not hmm. all the agreements are tripartite agreement between a lender a borrower and the platform where one loan agreement might have 200 lenders which means 200 lenders have taken a pie of that particular loan so uh, throughout the process the granularity and diversification is one of the major thing that reduces your risk other than the verification and assessment that we spoke about in the borrower segment these aspects ensure that their risk is mitigated now another thing that we always do so a lot of research went into building this product we found initially and this is not something that will continue forever that a borrower's commitment to repayment changes if he signs an agreement via otp or on a stamp paper hmm. physically wow that's very interesting yeah oh, so okay. we we said that hey at the outset we will not go via otp signatures electronic signatures we want the person to sign physically and by that we also get to do a physical verification of the person interesting documents are necessarily done at the residence a geo tagging is done the longitude and latitude where the signature happened oh man so uh, yeah. <laughs> that in case something goes wrong the recovery person can possibly reach that place much easier than otherwise whereas an otp is just you know you don't take it seriously yes yeah, having it signed actually thappa we, we, we do ke. 20 otps in a day nowadays uh, <laughs> I, i do not know how seriously people take it but at the, at the outset i am a digital company and i cannot be kind of promoting physical signatures at some point in time for 
more safer customers we will move to the otp based electronic signatures okay at the outset it's not lenders sign electronically so the 200 lenders in a particular loan agreement you do not expect the loan agreement to go around the country hmm. for the signature of 200 lenders the lenders sign electronically the borrower piece is done with a physical wet signature on a stamp paper okay how often do i get my interest you get it back in a emi so our one of the promotion that we rain that you have always paid emis <laughs> this is your turn to earn emis lovely i like that yeah. uh, and, and uh, we we ran cover page ad on uh, business line on uh, mint uh. about ab emi earn karne ka samay aaya apna time aayega so uh, so basically that is the power of it uh, people get around 15.5% odd return hmm. they get it monthly hmm. and there uh, you do not have to wait for kind of a lock in period or something because starting next month you will start getting your emi back right now one another very beautiful thing that we introduce is called reinvest okay now emi has a principal component and an interest component you can choose to invest only the interest component only the principal component both p plus i and the principal prepayments hmm. so let's take an example you start with say 1 lakh rupees okay or mm-hmm. you start with say 5 lakh rupees sure and you invest your money across 50 different loans 10000 mm-hmm. rupees each mm-hmm. at the end of month 1 the emi that you received say of 16000 rupees and you say you want to reinvest that 16000 rupees that 16000 rupees will be again split across minimum 5 loans wow it can be more than that so what started as say 50 loans at the end of month 1 becomes 55 loans at the end of month 12 mm-hmm. it becomes 110 loans. Wow. At the month 24 it becomes 170 loans. <laughs> and at the end of third year hmm. it becomes 180 different loans. You Now imagine who, the yeah, granularity. Know, yeah, yeah. We do you have people who do 180 loans? I told you we have one person who had done 10 lakh across 330 different Holy loans. Sh- wow. Okay. That's <laughs> that, that that's that's yeah, the yeah, no, power yeah, yeah. of diversification and granularity with uh, with that kind of granularity your risk reduces okay uh, and uh, but at the end of the day i, I think what you spoke about the recovery and uh, uh, follow up process so kind of as the regulator requires us to have a very very strong recovery and follow up process non coercive recovery process uh, we have a recovery team in house and we have tie ups with re- collection agencies and the lawyers sure. who in case there is a delay will reach out to uh, the borrowers to understand if there is a real reason or the person is absconding we have had cases where a person has just kind of took off i want right? to get into that i just want to end that lenders part with just two questions average ticket size and the earned yield or earned interest whatever the earned yield right now on the platform is uh, i'm talking about net of uh, any default mm. is around 17 and a half percent but we do not talk about 17 and a half we <laughs> always talk about 15 and a half uh, because that is the ideal rate which people should aim at sure average size of investment people start small with 50000 and gradually go up to 10 lakh the average size is around 3.2 lakh rupees nice uh, and and this 10 lakh limit is kind of uh, there is a sizable probability that this limit might be revised by reserve bank in near future okay uh, upwards upwards okay the the reason why this 10 lakh was there because it was a nascent industry and uh, uh, peer to peer has been a mixed bag around the globe sure. so reserve bank being um, kind of a conservative regulator progressive but conservative regulator wanted to put this cap and see the the progress in it okay now let's get into the hairy part okay you give me all the good news give me a fantastic product i am like i'm always salivating at 17 and a half percent let's get into the hairy part okay the tricky part the stuff that you know that that we know is a problem in india all of us have seen the banking crisis npls what's been your experience so far about the entire recovery cycle about people you know who are uh, who don't want to pay let's just start with a very simple number that all of us understand what is your npl ratio so npa as it's defined right now is any uh, interest or principal that is overdue more than 90 days mm-hmm. in our 21 months of existence anupam and this is hard to believe we don't have even one npa get out seriously exactly not one guy has not, defaulted no ek banda bhi paisa chori karke bhag nahi gaya no again <laughs> 90 day overdue <laughs> is the key Whatever, term yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, you've been 21 months into it yes. so i'm sure that you know so uh, we we always say that this is a uh, possibly 
for lack of a better word, uh, a honeymoon period that we are in. Sure. But the honeymoon never ends. Okay. So okay. It, it continues like this. <laughs> uh, it's been continuing. We we were anticipating at the end of six months, possibly seventh month will be it. At the end of 18th month, 19th month will be it. Thankfully, it's continuing. There are delays. Hmm. Okay. There are delays and which each of the platform is required to publish on its website, which we also do, which will be updated as of yesterday. But the objective is to make sure that you have enough infrastructure and processes to follow up and recover the money back. Let's talk about that. Now. Yes. Sure. So, uh, for example, 5th is our EMI date. And we run electronic uh, uh, debits through NACH and we pull the money out of the borrower's account. Once the money comes out, we come to know at the end in the night possibly what is the total number of people who have missed the payment. Okay. Almost 8 out of 10 cases are cases where it was possibly a mismatch. I funded the account at 4.30 p.m. Mm. on 5th and my NACH had hit the account at 11 a.m. in the mm. morning. Uh, so that's more of a regulation thing, more of a timing thing. Not, m- not more of process, I will say. Not a genuine uh, maliciousness. No, no genuine maliciousness okay. here. But there will be malicious people as well. Of course. Then there are cases which will be remaining, say, 15% where there will be an issue of real mismatch. Where the person has not received his salary. The salary itself got delayed instead of getting second or third of the month, it's got uh, procrastinated to seventh or eighth of the month. And it actually happens nowadays, as it we've seen happens. in some industries where people have not got the salary for a long time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and it's unfortunate, but it's it's a real situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so we have a commitment towards our lender that we'll make sure that people do come back and regularize these loans. It might happen with a lag of five days, seven days, ten days, but people do come back. But then there'll be remaining part where there might be a malicious intent now there we need to be extremely careful and there the real test of the processes and the infrastructure come into play tell us about that so we we have an in-house collections team we have not delegated everything to the third party we have a team which sits out of our offices and follows up on these cases more often than not the cases do get regularized the problem is these are these malicious guys sure and uh, we have tie up with collection agencies. We have a complete process around it. When do we initiate a legal notice? When do we uh, bring in the lawyers? When the uh, collection guy starts visiting the place? But all of this needs to be done uh, without any coercive excesses. Sure. There are regulations around it. And more often than not, we have been able to kind of find out and get the money back. So that, 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 that's that's good to know, right? Because these are unsecured loans, right? Because So even if you go to collect, what will you do? You can't break. The, I mean, okay, so I shouldn't be saying this, but you can't threaten the guy. How does that work? The very fact, see, again, most of the people are extremely social people. You just do not do anything. You go and they feel uncomfortable that somebody has come ah. to my house talking to my wife to collect money sure again the idea is not to kind of put him down or disrespect him but the request is all, only that there are possibly 50 or 100 lenders on the other side hmm. this money doesn't belong to an institution which can absorb it on its balance sheet we try to explain to them Got and it. more often than not it works okay but at the same time my kind of the common thing that I say to every lender that this is a risky product. Mm. It is not risk-free. You get a risk premium over the risk-free rate for taking a risk. Correct. If the risk-free rate in the country is at around 6% and you're getting 16%, that 10% is the premium for the risk that you are taking. It is in our interest to make sure that your money is kept safe. But at all points in time, we talk about default adjusted rate of return. Today, we do not have defaults. Today, we are lucky, I'll say. Uh, lucky because of many things sure. plus our processes. Yeah. But tomorrow, the defaults are going to come in. And But what you should care about is what is the default adjusted rate of return. If you have lent only to one person, the chances are that you might lose your entire capital. But if you have diversified across 50 lenders, and the question is when the default also happens. If it's the first EMI default, then it's a big challenge. If it's a 21st EMI default, then already a lot of your capital, principal plus interest has already come back in. So with diversification, with aging, your exposure to a particular loan keeps on diminishing. And hence, the money, if it goes bad also, it's not that you have lost your entire capital. If on an average, 
say three year product, sixteen percent average duration of around twenty one months, you are supposed to earn um, kind of twenty seven, twenty eight percent. If one or two loan with a one percent or two percent exposure goes bad, you lose three or four percent out of that twenty seven percent. It's not that you lose your entire capital. So that is where the concept of risk adjusted return that comes into play. But the good thing is. Because of diversification, your principal in all probability will remain safe. Mm. Unlike a lot of risky asset classes, where the volatility kind of makes the investor pretty edgy and nervous, here the proof of the performance comes every month. So every month, Finzi is put to test on fifth of the month mm. whether things are working fine or not. Mm. And if there is things. Which are not working fine, then there are corrective actions which are taken. Sure. So it's not like we have to wait for three years to see what the result is. So theoretically, if I'm a lender and if I if if I have fifty thousand to lend on your platform, theoretically again, if I give the entire fifty thousand to one guy, then I can then I I can lose the entire thing. Exactly. Which is fundamentally different from say a fixed deposit where you know that you'll get at least your interest and obviously fixed deposits are much more in short, so to say. Okay, that makes it fundamentally different. So if you know the right way to do this for a beginner again would be to diversify, and that's exactly. what you said, right? Okay. So again, um, if somebody has fifty thousand and his only financial saving is fifty thousand, we discourage somebody to take this exposure. This product is meant for somebody who understands risk. This product is meant for somebody who has enough of equities, enough of mutual fund exposure, enough of equity exposure, and wants to explore something new. All said and done, we are seeing a lot of first-time investors also coming in, but they need to be cognizant of the risks that is involved. Okay. And we all the time we get this request from our existing investors that when are we going to see the <laughs> the limits going up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because they want to increase the exposure. Yeah. Uh, and at see, um, Anupam, this is a C to C business, consumer to consumer business. Now, it has its own set of challenges. I have to make sure. That the lo- borrowers are there on the platform. I have to make sure that lenders are there on the platform. If I am not managing the demand and supply on either side, there is a good potential of having dissatisfied customers. Sure. Okay. So uh, that is the challenging piece in the business. Other than getting the right set of borrowers, the balance between demand and supply is another very big important challenging piece that we need to handle every day. Great. Okay, we're going to take a small break, folks. Uh, don't go anywhere. We are going to just get into the, the the final part of the show, which is going to be the future of P2P. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Meghna, do you know how to citizen? Hey, Shreyas, do you know how to citizen? Hey, Meghna, do you know how to citizen? Hey, Shreyas. Let's just do a podcast about Let's it. Let's do a podcast about it. A podcast is called How, how to, to Citizen. citizen. In every episode, we get a new guest and discuss one chapter from the eighth grade civics textbook. Think about it as uh, three friends revising before a test, uh, and we go back to school. There's nostalgia, there's trauma, there are lunch breaks, there are favorite teachers, there are horrible teachers. There's everything. So every Tuesday, we bring in a guest on the podcast and we ask them a very simple question. Do you know how to citizen? I make not I think the question is do you know how to citizen? But Shreyas I'm asking you this question do you know how to citizen? Folks welcome back to the P2P lending special with Finzi my guest is Amit Moore the founder of Finzi and we're going to talk about this last in this last final section about the future of P2P. I mean this sounds like a very exciting area to be in okay and also very high risk high return whatever it is where do you see this going? Okay, where where do you see peer to peer lending? I don't know, maybe five ten years from now, uh, in terms of number of players, or what's your view on that? So, uh, kind of uh, the white space is big enough. Okay, there, there are n number of banks and still banking license one of the most wide after license. Yeah. We know the reason why. I think there is no dearth of scale in this business. We are solving a real problem on the borrower side and on the lender side. Imagine if getting credit. Say I needed ten thousand bucks on one particular morning, and instead of calling and asking dad or asking parents or asking friends, I just simply kind of put a few taps on my mobile phone and the money hits my account. It's going to be as convenient as this. So uh, it has a bright future on the borrowing side. On the lending side, obviously there is no fixed income asset class that we kind of return more than a fixed deposit rate. So from that perspective, 
this in my view is going to be the next mutual fund wow so uh, we have seen the proliferation of mutual funds kind of increasing over the last decade i expect peer to peer lending to be 1 lakh crore business by 2025 wow per annum from where is it right now it's it's minuscule it's wow. nascent it's nothing right now mm. but that is the scale that it can go to and obviously because of uh, changing demographics people moving from asset acquisition to experience acquisition people moving from uh, a lot of data being available to analyze our systems are becoming smarter our algorithms are becoming sp- smarter the sibel score or the cic score as we call it becoming more and more important and prevalent in everyone's life people taking it very seriously for example anupam we though the borrowing and lending is between two individuals we as a platform are required to report back to the cics on whether the performance has been good or bad mm. so from that perspective we have been given equal stature as any other bank or nbfc though it's not our own money wow. so uh, i think this has all the wherewithals to become one of the biggest financial asset class as of now if i kind of talk big people will find it a little <laughs> difficult to digest mm. but we expect to do kind of more than 800 to 1000 crore rupees disbursal per month uh, nice in number. 5 years time lovely uh, so we 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 are talking about some serious numbers here this has because of the convenience bit because of the digital bit because of the real problem that we solve it it has and and this is this has been proven across the globe okay there is a company in china though a lot of negative press around peer to peer lending in china called lufax which is valued at 39 billion dollars wow into peer to peer lending sure there is a company called lending club which was the largest ipo in 2014 on nasdaq wow. 900 million dollars right. there is a company called zopa in uk which is uh, which has got a banking license very recently so everywhere around the globe this is finding acceptance it's been only 15 years that it's been formally introduced as a financial product across the globe mm. uh, in india it's like 6 7 year old but because of the rbi and of intervening and regulating it has got that impetus over the last 18 odd months sure and this isn't bitcoin in any way right That's this not- <laughs> this is this is past that it's not like something which has not been allowed uh, this is regulated and kind of promoted by reserve I, bank of I, india in a way uh, i'm hoping that you expect some tailwind from regulation because regulation in this country is i, I don't know man i always think it's a risk what's your view on that on the it, future part it was a risk that's the reason when i started working on this concept i was not very sure whether to jump into it or not till the time that white paper or discussion paper came in april 2016 mm-hmm. there were platforms operating since 2013 and 14 in india as well but that was the tailwind that we needed which kind of have uh, or is pushing this this uh, industry this product kind of uh, into the the common man investment uh, library yeah i hope i i hope that happens that right? because the rbi just woke up one fine day and said okay bitcoin is banned and they're like what come on so you know so that regulation can do that for you so regulations that ways is working as a positive catalyst in this industry good to know that so uh, kind of uh, uh, and because there are people operating there are platforms set there are lenders and borrowers who taken exposure so it, there is no looking back on this one got it uh, before we wrap up the show tell us something about finzi um, what do you know what what can listeners do if they want to reach out to you or you know just a, some bit of background on that so uh, we have a website by uh, www.finzi.com um, you can visit you can explore you can become a lender a borrower whatever you want we are three partners who started this and we have a fourth member who is part of a, the core team we are a team of 125 people as of now wow. and we are expanding by 31st december we should be 300 plus principally located out of bangalore sure we have two offices in bangalore one in bombay and one in delhi fantastic and we plan to grow to more geographical locations in the coming year hmm. anyone who is interested in becoming uh, wants to earn a uh, handsome 15 and a half percent mm. return is welcome to join the club that's like an indicative okay. indicative yeah. yes risk adjusted indicative <laughs> we cannot promise anything yeah, we are not allowed it. to there is no credit guarantee yeah. or a credit enhancement important disclaimers all of these are important disclaimers <laughs> yeah. uh, the website is finzi.com amit more the founder of finzi you can reach out to them they've got a really interesting website uh, there is a separate documentation process for borrowers for investors so have a look at that folks uh, that is the wrap on the show the the the, the 
main part of our show and our wrap up two standard questions for all my guests Amit to you also tell us some mistake you did in your life I'm sure all of us have done some financial mistakes the lessons you learned maybe our listeners can be that much wiser uh, from that Okay, the adage which always goes leverage is good, and I took excessive leverage at a very very early stage. Ah, you so like risk? I do take <laughs> risks. Yes, <laughs> I have taken risks, and possibly that's one mistake. It becoming financially indebted at a very early age well, is not the best thing to do. Though I am uh, a founder of a lending company. Yeah, but, no, I, but that sucks. I can tell you that. that that's that's true. Yeah, it, that's it's kind of it uh, kind of money. Uh, uh, you, you pay interest every second. Sure. So uh, that is one thing that you should try to avoid become as financially independent as possible reduce your leverage hmm. that is one advice that i'll give to everyone that's a mistake that i made uh, i'm not a avid reader but that, i'm a movie that, buff that that was the second question that uh, yeah i just want to just just one disclaimer on the leverage part right? i mean if you're disciplined enough you can actually use leverage in your favor would i be right in saying that yeah but it's it's very easy to cross that line uh-huh. when you think you are disciplined yeah. and uh, suddenly you find that you have crossed that line yeah. uh, obviously leverage is good but at the same time becoming financially independent is equally important well, that's a thrill of course it's yes, a yes. financially so, independent is just super um yes okay so the second question any recommendation content could be anything anything at all just you know just go wild on that basically i i as i said i i am a, a kind of a movie buff ah. i watch a lot of movies uh, got inspired by a few of them in pursuit of happiness uh, something that's a favorite i have a lot of guests who tell me that way. it's it's about financial industry it is, come it on is, it is, it, is, it, Stanley, it right? is it is it yeah. is uh, and um, what a story uh, uh, one movie that i always get inspired by is uh, matrix ah. in fact my uh, elder son's pet name is neo oh <laughs> blue pill red pill huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's an amazing movie and uh, uh, lot to learn in that lot, uh, lot so much to, to learn in from matrix it is fine, amazing yeah, how yeah. machines use human energy yeah. uh, the human pods and uh, at times uh, a lot of things around us you can relate to it yeah. so uh, so these are the things that inspire me um, kind of uh, have been onto web content sure. uh, uh, very recently and uh, Selection Day on Netflix is one of the favorites. The Indian one about cricket? Yes, yes, oh, what yes. what a story. And, and the second season is coming soon, eagerly waiting for it. Nice. You should have a playlist, man. I should recommend this stuff. <laughs> this is really good stuff. Folks, that is a wrap on the P2P Lending Special with Amit Moore of Finzi. Amit, thank you so much for joining us and telling our listeners about P2P and of course your content recommendations, recap, pursuit of happiness. The Matrix and Selection Day. That's what happens on the show, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision. Do you wish you were smarter? Well, so do we. But the next best thing? We could make you sound smarter. And to help you with this endeavor, we are Simplified, a podcast uh, that attempts to break down the complex world around you with a little knowledge, a lot of poor jokes and a ton of random trivia. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. See ya! The most engaging and the most useful conversations you may have in your life are likely to be with your most challenging customers. Hi, I'm Ambi Parmeshwaran and on this podcast, I will take you through my book, Sponge, Leadership Lessons I Learned from My Clients. Packed with real stories about real people, but most of all, packed with the innumerable lessons I soaked up from some of the most iconic business leaders like Ratan Tata, Azim Premji, S. Ramadurai, Karsan by Patel, M. Damodaran, Dr. Kurian, and many more. Don't forget to tune in to the Sponge Podcast. Keep sponging to keep learning.